Welcome to Design Your Life with Sandy. I am your host, Sandy Yang. I am a human design expert, brain rewiring certified coach, and a high 7D energy healer. On this podcast, we talk about all things personal growth, brain rewiring, human design, energetics, mindset, and so much more. Don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at Sandy L. Yang. I hope you feel empowered by what we talked about today. Let's dive in. Hey friends, what's going on? Welcome back to the podcast. I know it has been a hot second, but I am excited for you to listen in on today's conversation with my friend Megan Patterson. Megan is a therapist. She is also a coach. She does human design work. She is also a Reiki healer. Um, we met through our Akashic Records training this summer when we went through it with Emily the Mystic. Her training in Akashic Records is fabulous. I'm so glad I signed up for it. I have been a big fan and just very curious about the Akashic Records. Um, and sometimes I do tap into it um, in a high energy healing sessions, but I just wanted to like deepen my understanding definitely got a lot out of it. I'm excited to talk about this more. Um, Okay, so this conversation with Megan is going to be very empowering. Megan has such like a, like a warming presence. She is again, a therapist, as well as like, you know, a coach, an energy healer. So she is like, someone I really wanted to chat with when I knew she was in the training. I'm like, Oh, I want to talk to her. I was really curious about her journey going into therapy, becoming a therapist, doing therapy work, and, you know, also doing, like, energy healing and being in touch with, like, her spirituality and doing the Akashic Records. Like, it's interesting to have, like, your feet in both realms. Well, I say both realms, less if they're two separate things, but they're really so connected, and I know Megan agrees with that too. Okay, so before we dive in deeper into this episode, I do want to remind you just very quickly that Empowered is coming back for the last time in 2023. I recently finished the last round, and it was such a beautiful group. It was such a blast to run this round. I'm so proud of everyone who finished this round with me and everyone in this group. Honestly, like really connected really well. And I am so grateful. It was so beautiful to see and so amazing to see all these women really experience big, positive, meaningful shifts inside and out. Um, Lots of deep healing, big transformations, and most importantly, empowered action. Um... Usually when it comes to like self-development work, um, people kind of get stuck in like reading books, listening to podcasts, just like scrolling Instagram on like quotes and memes and reels. It's really about the doing. Um, The inner work is really important. And um, so is the Empowered Action. This is why the program is called Empowered, in case you didn't know. Um, I'm really excited to be welcoming the next group. Um, this next group is going to be amazing because let's be real, it's October, it's the last quarter of the year, holiday seasons are coming up, the new year can be really overwhelming. I know um, with the holidays, it's very complicated, it's like 
you enjoy the ambiance, it's exciting, it's warm. But it's also like people traveling, seeing family. You like some of them. Some of them trigger the F out of you. And it's upsetting. It's overwhelming. It's exhausting. And yeah, it's a very emotional time of the year. And I'm excited to be supporting everyone who is going to be in this next round through this crazy season. Even though it's crazy, it can be extremely healing and expansive. Um, this round is going to run a little bit longer just because the holiday season while we will take breaks for christmas thanksgiving and new years the support is 24 7. a big component of this program is the slack support and voxer support voxer is kind of like texting with voice memos slack is you've probably used slack is like a community where people share wins ask questions just to share something to get something off their chest to connect with each other is really a beautiful community to be in. And again, I'm so excited to be welcoming the next group into Empowered. And if you're thinking like, oh, 2023 has been a tough year, and I just wanna like finish strong, not in like a less fucking go way, but like I wanna do something meaningful and just like do something that really like turns the year around and set myself up for success for 2024, this is the program for you. Again, brain rewiring is the number one personal development tool out there. The one that's like consistently worked for me and my clients. And I know you're going to love it too. So the first call is going to be on Sunday, October 22nd at 11 a.m. PST. Is a great way to start the new week. No more Sunday scaries. Those Group coaching calls will leave you feeling uplifted and just ready to take on the week. Okay, so if you have been thinking about joining Empowered, you need to take action right now because, again, we start on the 22nd. That's coming up real soon. If you're like, huh, this might be for me. I might want to, like, consider it. Don't think about it right now. Just go ahead and like apply for it or book a connection call. I know you've been like thinking about it for a while and seriously, don't overthink this. Um, let's get on call. If you don't want to get on a call, just like go fill out the application form. You can find all the links in the show notes. Um, so you can do both. You can just do one. You can DM me on Instagram if you want to talk about this more via messaging. Seriously, like, go take one of these actions. You will not regret it. Um, if we do hop on a connection call, we can talk about all the logistics. You can ask me about the program, my experience with brain rewiring, my experience with other clients. Obviously, I'm not going to give you names. But um, if you have any questions, like, is this for you? What about the time commitment? You can even talk about something you are already like thinking about rewiring, you already know your blocks. We can talk about those. Look, um, brain rewiring might sound like really serious and like a little heavy, but it really is so exciting. And by being in this program, you are setting yourself up to like do this work in a very safe and loving environment that is very supportive and very encouraging. And this is not like the annoying encouragement where I'm going to tell you, oh, you're going to be fine. I'm going to give it straight to you in a very loving way and guide you step by step 
in processing and healing triggers. So again, head to the show notes. You can either apply for the program, you just fill out a quick application or book a connection call. If you are not sure about anything, just send me a DM being like, what the heck, Sandy? Anyways, I want to share with you a quick testimonial that one of the clients sent in. This one really means so much. She said, I signed up for this program when I was at a crossroads in my life. Coincidentally or divinely timed, this program made sense. It provided me with a container that was safe and healing while also providing structure and instruction on shifting and developing my mindset. The woman that I met in the program, I will never forget. And it was a time that I felt so much support and encouragement to make significant changes in my life. Words cannot express the empowerment that I have taken away as it is felt within and I know I will implement the skills I learned going forward in all areas of my life. No value can be placed on this program as it is an experience like no other and engages the mind, body, and spirit. Hard words, not mine. Again, if this program is calling to you, let's just hop on a call to make sure we are a good fit and any questions you may have, we'll get them answered. If at the end of the call you decide you don't want to join that's totally fine and if you don't want to hop on a call let's just like put in an application it will take you two minutes that is enough talk from me let's get into the episode so again i'm really excited about um this conversation megan is a wonderful human being and i know you will love her energy just as much as i do um okay here's how you find megan Again, everything is linked in the show notes, but she is Megan Patterson MFT on Instagram. That is M-E-G-A-N-P-A-T-E-R-S-O-N-M-F-T. She has a website for her therapy practice that is plastertherapy.com. For her coaching practice, that is lovemyselffirst.org. So very simple, very straightforward and I have been talking for 10 minutes straight. I'll let you get into the episode and I'll see you on the other side. Hi, Megan. So happy to have you. I loved talking to you when we were practicing our Akashic Records readings. I mean, you practice on me and you did fantastic. I still need to practice. Um, so... I think we talked about how we both found Christina Rice, like Christina the channel, of like several years back. Yes. Is this how you got led into like intuitive development and all the things? Yeah, good question. Um, I think intuitive development and um, intuitive gifts I think it has been like a lifelong process and I just maybe haven't even been aware of it. Um, I think as a small kid, I was always like the person that someone came to for advice or um, questions and like relationships. And I was always the one breaking up my friends from their boyfriends <laughs> and then explaining to the boyfriend, like why this relationship wasn't working out. Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've always been a therapist in some way and it just really aligned, um, 
you know, going in that path and, and making income from that. So that that's always been really fun. Um, and then through my therapy, um, I was certified in EMDR and then from EMDR, there was like this little side group of people that, um, were in my training and talking about using EMDR and clients coming up with past lives and memories. And I was like, what, what is all that about? Right. And from that, um, that kind of opened up, you know, that area of like, what is past lives and how do we access that? And then I was really into like health and wellness and Christina was very much like a health um, and wellness coach and more nutrition. And so I always followed her through that. And then she kind of developed into her spirituality, um, And then I just continued to like, listen to her and new things popped up. And, um, with my clients that were coming to me in therapy, a lot of them were opening up in like different spiritual ways. So I wanted to be more versed in that. So I got trained in Reiki and then, um, with EMDR, I've had a lot of clients move into, you know, past lives, or I've worked with clients that, um, they just didn't have like any trauma, but they were still having anxiety or depression or worry about something that was like not related to anything that we could find in, you know, their reality. And I was like, maybe this is past life. (laughs) So, um, through Christina, I found Emily and then I found you. (laughs) And I love that. I always like, I always love the little chains, right? It's never linear. Mm-hmm. It's always like all over the place of how you get linked up with people and experiences. So, um, yeah, I just, I always have this inner knowing and I, when I pay attention to it and I trust it, then when I follow it, I, I go very cool places. <laughs> I love that. And I think it's so funny that you, as like a young girl, you were giving your friends advices and helping them through like, you know, breakups um so in your therapy practice your focus is marriage counseling so I do a couple different things I do EMDR and that's with just individuals um and so you can do like big traumas like if you have like a car accident or in your life situation, you know, or, um, family, you know, uh, trauma, we can process that. Um, but I also work with new moms, um, and transitioning from like the, um, identity of who you were into who you're coming and, um, (laughs) some of those transitions. And then I do work with couples. I love couples and, um, I love, figuring out the puzzle pieces of them. And, um, you know, I, I have some human design background too. And so I love using human design with couples because it can be so interesting as to like, if you're a certain energy type match with another energy type and there's conflict, sometimes it provides a lot of understanding versus like, I have to change you. Um, so I love working with couples. Um, and I love either working with couples that are heading into divorce or wanting like, um, just a stronger, you know, foundation. Um, so I kind of take both sides of the coin with couple work. Um, yeah, that those are basically my clients that I focus in on. Okay, very cool. I am, I'm obsessed with EMDR. I mean, I just like do it with my therapist here and there. Is Mm -hmm. that like the hot, cool thing in therapy now? 
Yeah, a lot of people do um, have heard about EMDR and then are seeking it. Um, EMDR is great, especially if you've done a ton of talk therapy and you're like, I'm not seeing any changes. Is that, <laughs> we're running in circles here. Yeah, and when you start talking in that circle, you know, um, and I, cause I think sometimes with talk therapy, you're looking for like advice or it's very external and, um, EMDR is very internal. Like me, the therapist, I don't do a whole lot. I can guide and coach you and help bridge things and like link things, but you do the work. And, and as you probably have experienced too, it's very internal and it's almost like um, accessing your own Akashic records, you know, um, some of the positive resourcing that we do, such as connecting to your nurture, connecting to your wise person, connecting to a protector. I mean, those are very similar that stuff that you do in, in accessing your own Akashic records. And then what ends up happening is you look at things from different points of view, right? So with maybe working with somebody you only see in your point of view from your experience, but the brain takes in so much. And with EMDR, when you're able to use the bilateral movements or the eye movements, whatever you prefer, um, you're able to see things from different points of view and have greater understanding. Um, and then you just get this aha click feeling a release. Sometimes it's a few days later. Um, and it's just not so intense. So you never erase the memory or erase like the situation that happened, but the intensity of the situation dies down. It's kind of like the knob goes, you know, lower and you don't feel it. And then it just kind of becomes more of a narrative. Mm, okay. Yeah. I like how you pointed out sometimes you feel that re release of emotions or like that relief a few days after because that was my experience. Um, like I had no idea what to expect. <laughs> and then the same night, like at like 2 a.m., I woke up with all sorts of like epiphanies regarding like what I was working on with my therapist. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty cool. Um, so I would say with people who are interested in trying out EMDR, um, trust your therapist. Obviously, like, you know, you like Megan, you know that trust takes time. I feel yeah. like um, it's really important to like, quote unquote, date your therapist and give the person like, you know, two to three sessions to really get to know each other um, yeah. and just like trust the process too. I have friends who hate EMDR. They were like, this is just dumb. Like, I just cannot <laughs> Um, yeah. What would you say to those people? Well, it might just not be the right time for them. Um, and it only works if you think it's going to work. Oh, <laughs> or, yeah. Or yeah. you have the possibility. If you have a lot of resistance, just like if you have a lot of resistance on anything, um, just such as riding a bike. If I believe I cannot ride a bike, I will fall off the bike. I will not ride the bike. I will run into something, right? And I'll say this is stupid and dumb. Um, so I think you have to be open to the possibility. You don't need to 100% believe in it because maybe you just need to experience it, but you need to be open to it. Um, and I think it's just reminding yourself and like everybody like we have the ability to heal ourselves right like we are beautiful great creators human beings souls spirits whatever we are right or we're all of that right um we have the ability to heal ourselves i think the nice thing with therapy um is that it can be kind of like the container and so i kind of explain um therapy to like non-believers of therapy, it's kind of like when you break a bone, your bone is going to heal, 
right? You can either go to the doctor and you can get a cast and it can get um, placed correctly and then it heals stronger, or you don't go to the doctor, your body still heals, but it might be off-centered or it might look a little weird or it might be disjointed. It will still heal. Mm. Sometimes then you have to break it again to heal it correctly, you know, um, and align it correctly. And so, you know, the body you heal yourself. Therapy is the cast, right? Therapy holds it for you and aligns it for you. So you don't have to re-break it later on in life, right? And anytime you heal something just like a bone, where where the healing happens, just as like in a bone, it grows stronger, right? And so that's kind of how I see therapy. It's a cast. It's a holder. It's a container. It's somebody there who's like neutral for you to bounce ideas off and to help guide you, but you yourself are going to do the work. You yourself can do the work outside of therapy. Um, it's just, how do you want to heal? <laughs> do you want to heal more in alignment or maybe a little winky wonky? Yeah. With therapy and with coaching, people think someone is going to tell you what to do when they don't really know what therapy and coaching is, but your therapist doesn't tell you what to do ever. No. <laughs> and I know those those clients that kind of come in that just want to be told what to do. You're probably not my client, you know, because I'm really going to push you to like set an intention or just set a goal. And that's part of your responsibility as, you know, coming in here, right? Like, what do you want it to look like? What do you want it to feel like? Like, how do you measure that? That type of stuff. So. Yeah, well, okay, I love therapy. And I love EMDR. I'm, I actually have therapy at one today. So I'm excited about that. I want I feel like when I go consistently, like what I know is like, later that week, I'm gonna see my therapist, I just feel better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I have a question about working with couples. So when you work with couples, ones that are thinking about going to divorce, or they just want to build a stronger relationship. Um, how is that like? Like, are both, for the most part, are people equally eager to be there? Or is it usually one pulling the other to come and have to convince a little bit? How is that like? Yeah, it can be all of the above, right? And so I, I ask a few different types of questions um, to kind of evaluate where we're at. So, um, you know, there's a couples therapy that you come in because you want to improve the relationship, right? Um, which I think is great. We, and I always like explain it, you know, we, you have to have maintenance, right? Your relationship is one of your greatest assets in your life. Um, and we have no coaching around it, right? We have no mentorship around it. And so I think um, therapy, couples therapy can be part of a maintenance program for you and support you. And I love it when couples come in when there's not like major crisis issues and we're looking to like get divorced. Um, we take our car in to get oil changes, right? We take our car to get tire rotations on our houses. We do things to maintenance it, right? Like we seal our windows or we clean our chimneys. Um, and I think when you can look at, you know, therapy for your relationship as a form of maintenance, you can like 
have a fantastic relationship and it can be strong and support it, right? If you find the right therapist for you to, to do that. Then there's other clients that kind of come in and maybe they are looking at divorce, but they're they're wanting to try it one last time. And sometimes there are couples that I'll, I'll ask kind of questions um, and one's kind of out and one's in. And so I always kind of try to evaluate there's three X's. Are we standing on the X of like, I'm in? Are we standing on the X of, I don't know? And are we, are we standing on the X of, I'm out, right? Um, and I think it's important for me to identify like who's on which X. And you could have one foot on one X and one foot on the other. Maybe one foot on no and maybe, and maybe on um, yes or maybe, you know what I mean? So you don't have to always stand on this, the, the X solidly, but it's important to kind of know like, where we're starting from, right? There are couples, and I usually call them the three pe- the times they come in three times, and there are people that come in because they want to check the box that I tried everything I possibly could to save this marriage, and I need to go to therapy three times and say it doesn't work, right? <laughs> and that way, I feel better getting a divorce because I tried therapy. So there are those couples. I call that out right away, I, and I go, I don't think this is going to work. If I can rekindle, so I always ask people, tell me how you met. And I want to hear the story of how you met. And I listen. And I listen for the um, spark, you know? And you just know, like, you can re-spark that when you hear the story of how they met, right? If there's no spark, I'm like, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh. If there's no, like, you know like thoughtfulness or like reflection or, um, excitement or, you know, like, um, Oh, when I met him, it was like, you know, I was so happy or this, you know, the smile, the body language is very closed off. I know you're going into three sessions just to check the boxes, you know? So, um, that's kind of how I look at marriage counseling. Okay, very interesting. I love this. And I love what you said about like marriage or like relationship being something you need to maintain. And having like guidance from a professional is super helpful because last summer, (laughs) I started uh, trying to like date after a really long relationship. Mm -hmm. And when I was in that relationship, I was giving my friends who are dating advice and I realized I had no idea what the heck I was talking about. Like <laughs> clueless, like, like seriously is embarrassing. And um, on my Instagram feed, the algorithm started like throwing me like a bunch of dating advices, like, you know, go where you are appreciated, find, you know, like give your energy to people who like show up for you, that kind of thing, which is all good, but also so confusing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So with like, you know, finding your relationship advice through social media or friends or whatever, it is kind of like can be like really misleading with your friends is like the blind leading the blind because every relationship has like hiccups. And no one really knows what they're doing. Everyone's just like trying to figure out. Um, So I think um, if I get married, I would definitely see a therapist, even when things are good. Yeah. 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 I read this. I heard this quote, something along the lines of like attraction is like a, it's like an ongoing thing. Of course, there's like that initial attraction, but then you have to like, 
put an effort to keep it going. Right, right. And so what is the work of the relationship, right? And why some people fight, oh, relationships shouldn't be work. And I'm going to call BS on that. It is work, right? Relationships are work. Um, But it doesn't have to be bad work or hard work. um, But you do have to put um, attention, right? Just like watering a plant. If I just have a plant and expect it to grow, it's not going to, right? Same thing with your relationship. Like you got to put attention to it. You got to put maintenance to it um, and it will grow. Otherwise, you know, sometimes it gets just too late and you're all dried out. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, totally. So I want to ask you, Megan, as, you know, a per- in your personal life as a therapist, um, what are your thoughts on intuition? Because you know how we both found Christina back in like 2017 or something. Mm-hmm. And she was doing more like health and wellness, nutrition stuff. And I was really enthusiastic about that. Um, and as I took care of myself better, that kind of like I was focusing on just like feeling more energized and feeling better in my body because I wanted to be good at my job. And then that somehow shifted into more mindset stuff and personal development. I feel like that's a new natural like way things just shift. Mm -hmm. Um, But for a long time, I was like, yeah, intuition is, it's just complicated. You think it's for like psychic people or astrologers. Um, But then that sort of shifted the more I like, you know, did personal development stuff and went to like energy healing, psychic development, all that fun stuff. Um, and right now I would say intuition is really about like trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like tr- being emotionally intelligent and right. having the capacity to process your emotions. Um, and like, yeah, it is hard to explain, but how would you describe intuition and your relationship with it? How you developed it? What was something that was really cool that, you know, happened since developing your intuition? Yeah, well, I think we all have intuition. Um, and if you don't pay attention to it, I think it shows up in health conditions, right? In IBS and um, like some some other like eczema and something else, you know, not that there's not other causes for it and always seek medical advice. Right. But I like, um, you know, there's just an attunement that happens. Um, I think it's like so reassuring that we all have it, right. Mm. We all have intuition and that's where go with your gut feeling. What is that? Right. Go with your gut feeling. And we say that all the time. Right. But um, I think it's getting out of the mind. I think, you know, I think through human design, like I really learned like the mind center is not there to make decisions. Right. Um, the mind is there to gather information, collect data. And that's very relieving to me. Um, so like I can tell, oh, I'm in my mind. Right. So then drop down into the body, into the gut, into the other um emotional centers, right? And connecting with your intuition, making decisions from your intuition. We do it. And we probably, when we look at it, we probably make better decisions. Or when we look at things in our life, 
that have worked out, we probably are out of the mind and more into our making decisions intuitively. Um, but I do think it's all interconnected and create uh, uh, connect it just with like health and well being, just kind of like what you were saying, you know. And a lot of people kind of go on that journey of like, I'm going to follow a certain diet plan or certain whole foods eating. And then all of a sudden, all this like intuition and spirituality <laughs> then pops up with it. And you're like, what the, how did that, I wasn't planning to go down this, this path. Um, but what was your question about intuition? I kind of went off on it. <laughs> um, how was your journey like in developing a stronger intuition? Yeah. Um, I think it's trusting yourself, right? I think it's, learning and knowing um, that you are now in relationship with yourself. One of the most important relationships is a relationship with yourself. And I think a lot of us are so unaware of that, right? Like we're so paying attention to the externals, to the relationships that we have with our friendships and to our siblings and to our family and to our children and to our partners, right? We're so paying attention to all those relationships. But when you can focus on the relationship with yourself, you're like saying hello to your intuition and you're building that trust that you were just talking about and that relationship. And when you can start from there and then um, build that and then enter another relationship with your intuition, like what changes, like how amazing and how much stronger that relationship gets. So I think, how did I develop my intuition? Um, probably through, uh, challenging things in my life, you know, um, I, when I became pregnant, I had a high risk pregnancy and I was told that my daughters were not going to survive. They're, they're called Momo twins and they're a very rare set of twins. They would be like the one, um, next to conjoint twins. So if the cells didn't divide, they would have then been conjoint twins. And I was told that, um, they were not going to make it and that I should have a DNC and um, start all over again. Right. I was healthy. There was no reason why I sh this should ever happen again, but I just had this feeling that it was going to be okay. And I remember telling my husband, he's now my ex-husband at the time. And he, he's very science mind. And he said, you got to listen to the science. You got to listen to the doctors. And I just sat there and I was like, I have a feeling that it's going to be okay. And it was a long road and I got put on bed rest and there was lots of doubt that popped up in there. But when I sat still, I just had this feeling and this intuition and this inner knowing that it was going to be okay. And um, that's kind of how I like really started to trust my intuition. Um, I started to trust my intuition through challenging things, right? I would kind of give up um, or surrender to like, whatever it will be, will be right. And allowing like it to kind of unfold and the right people, the right resources, the right tools, the right intervention, the right money came in when it needed to. And it's trust. Mm. I love everything you just said. Um, <laughs> where do I even start? I know I kind of went all over. <laughs> No, no, I love it. Um, I think with intuition, for me personally, people, I, I remember being in this group coaching container with like this, this like female coach who talks a lot about trusting your gut. Um, and 
she would ask a lot about like what does your gut say and or what does your intuition say and I'm just like they say nothing I do not hear them they do not exist mm -hmm. um and it really was helpful for me to discover human design the authority piece because you know living a good life and being successful whatever that means for you is all about making good decisions and uh wherever I was like consuming human design information from was all about like, oh, your authority in human design is how you make your best decisions. Right. And um, so I was like curious about that. I think you're also an emotional authority, right? I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so am I. And when I first learned that, I'm like, does that mean I'm too emotional? Like what, like this feels offensive, honestly, <laughs> rude. Um, but then I learned that just meant Sometimes you can be super excited about something and you will be so tempted to say yes or you'll be so angry or just like turn off by something and it feels almost ungrounded and you should actually sleep on your bigger decisions or it's mm -hmm. just your mind will change after sleeping on decisions and it will right. feel more grounded and clear. So I was like, all right, maybe I'll sleep on my decisions. Who knows? And then... um one layer behind that emotional authority was um the self-projective authority mm -hmm. yeah so I was like that that was defined to me as like basically you have a really strong sense of direction you kind of intuitively know where you're supposed to be what you want to become what you don't want to become and um, I was in a, a tax accounting career and mm -hmm. that just felt so off character to me <laughs> yeah I can see that not me somehow mm -hmm. um, yeah so I always knew I was supposed to like guide people in some way mm -hmm. um, and yeah so it was kind of fun to play with it and approach with curiosity so I kind of started thinking about the authority as like your voice of intuition. Um, so yeah, the intuition, that that word was just like too triggering. I'm like, I don't know what that means. It's not reliable. Um, but like the human design stuff kind of put it into like more structure. So I was like, okay, maybe I can like study it and play with it. So that relationship with trusting myself became more playful and delightful. Yeah. 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 Which um, is like in alignment, right? Yeah. So that got me to do things that were like new and made me nervous and excited at the same time, like signing up to work with like Christina. I had never spent thousands of dollars on coaching or a course. It's like, why are you spending money on personal development? <laughs> like, you know, you can buy a $20 book, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that kind of just led to a bunch of good things. It, it's like one thing after another. Right. I think people sometimes put a lot of pressure in trusting their intuition because they think it's going to take them from point A to point Z. And there are so many like alphabets between mm -hmm. A and Z. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It's all about taking the next right step. Right, right. And the right step for you. And um, I love human design for that. And I, I, 
I kind of last year came on this crossroad of like, do I do human design or do I go into Akashic Records, right? And Akashic Records seemed too scary for me. I was like, ah. <laughs> so, and human design felt like it was more structured. So I went into human design and I'm so glad I did um, because yes, I learned about myself, but then also others because there's others people whose authorities are different and they are more sacral or, um, you know, and they do need to go right away, right? They do need to answer yes or no um, today. And, um, you know, reading all these like management books and self-development books, um, now I can kind of see, you know, they're written um, kind of as a, a fit all and they're really not you know, and, um, it just kind of give, I think human design gives when you pay attention to your authority, um, and then the authority of others, then it provides a new understanding of like, like you and I, we're supposed to sleep on it. We're supposed to wait. And if it doesn't wait for us, then it's not supposed to be ours. You know, um, it will also wait for us. Right. Like, cause like with sales, we get pressured to buy now. Right. Or it's going to go away. And, um, when I learned about like, you know, the, the, our emotional authority of like, wait, rest, let it like sleep on it. Right. If it's not there the next day, it's not mine. It's not supposed to be mine. Right. Um, and that kind of took some pressure off of, um, you know, high pressure sales or whatever, but then also understanding other people, they're supposed to make decisions in that way. And I'm not supposed to change that person. And that's been really helpful in relationships too. Um, like, you know, just to know, like, they're not supposed to live it in my way and I'm not supposed to live it in their way and just acceptance and letting people be who they are and that it's not because it works for me, it might not work for you and vice versa. And that's just been so relieving and being able to trust your intuition even more. So I, I'm, I'm so thankful for like um, human design and, and understanding that a little bit deeper. So, yeah. 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 So fun, right? Um, yeah. I love how you um, have background that too. Uh, can you share with us your human design basics, energy type? Um, what's the other thing? Profile? Yeah, so I am a manifester, um, emotional manifester, and I have a five one. Um, uh, and, I, you know, I it makes sense because um, I love to initiate, I love to get it going. And then I kind of don't want to do the rest of the work. <laughs> I want to hand off, right? Um, and I also get really tired. Um, like my partner, my fiance, he is he is a generator, right? And he's just like, go, 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 go. And I'm like, I gotta, I'm gonna go to bed. <laughs> like I need to sleep, you know? And sometimes that would cause conflicts between us, but it's been super understanding now, or it's provided more insight of like why I need to rest, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, with the projector thing, uh, it took a lot of years and kicking and screaming to finally be like, I'm someone who just needs to rest a lot. and need a lot of space. And that's okay, right? And I'm not trying, I don't need to be the extrovert. I don't need to be what society tells me to like hustle and to like, um, you know, to like, just do it. You know what I mean? Um. Uh, and I think that just, it just gives like you permission to be who you are and acceptance of like, yeah, rest, like both you and I, like we need the rest just with our different energy types because we create in rest, right? Like things happen in rest. And I think that was so empowering because I think like childhood, I was taught rest is being lazy. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and therefore do not be lazy. So do not rest. Right. Yeah. Um, and is, I mean, for you and I, we understand like, you know, for as people who work for themselves, we understand like when you are rested, three hours of work can be super potent. Mm-hmm. And when we're trained, three hours of work, it might as well just not happen. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what am I even doing here? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm sure for you as a therapist, um, holding space for others, like three days out of the week, um, you need a lot of space and rest. Yeah. And I used to not give myself that. I would just burn it out because, um, it, you know, I have limited time to see clients with my kids schedule. Um, and like, I would just squeeze people in and I felt very, I love doing therapy. So it was very fun to like see people, but I didn't realize like how tired or drained I can be. And then how just not effective I am as a therapist. You know? Oh my God. You almost, ugh. when I started doing, uh, energy healing. Um, so I remember there's this one time I had just flown back to California from Taiwan and mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I, I'm just gonna like muscle through, um, and get my jet like nailed down and I'm gonna mm-hmm. see clients. And yeah. I was about to start energy healing for like a friend and a, and a client. And I just felt so exhausted. Like if I show up for this session, like this is so not professional. Like she, like this is not good. Um, And so glad she last minute had to cancel. I was like, thank God, let's not do that again. Divine intervention. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, It's not professional and your clients deserve you to show up for them, you know, a hundred percent. So yeah. that was motivating. Be like, I actually need the rest, and rest is actually part of work. Right, right. And I don't think um your clients, including my clients, like maybe understand um how much prep work goes into prior to a session, right? Like I'm making sure that I'm going to bed on time, that I'm up and fed well, and that um, I ground and meditate before I open a session, I cleanse the room, um, you know, besides just all the education that comes with it too, and the self study. Um, But there's so much that happens in order to be present in this room. And it's not just like I show and that's the difference between, you know, you and I doing like coaching and therapy. Um, versus just being a friend, because being a friend, I can just show up for lunch, and I can just be there, right? But like, there's so much preparation um, that goes into coaching and um, holding space for clients, right? Totally. Um, I tell people when it's like, sometimes you have like friends who, you know, want to talk about big things that they're dealing with. And I'm like, do you want like friend Sandy or do you want yeah. coach Sandy? Because I need to know. Yeah, totally. Right. <laughs> like what are, what are the expectations here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was also telling a friend who recently became an astrologer. She was on this podcast and her episode literally just came out. Uh-huh. Um, when we first met, she already knew so much about astrology and she would just like share with her friends. And um, that was like really cool. But like, as someone who was on the receiving end, I wasn't like valuing it the 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 same way, mm-hmm. um, you know. And when it's a session, it's paid for. You show up for it. Um, it's completely different energy. 
Right. Yeah. Like even if she told me something I like was cynical about, I'll be like, mm, maybe I'll like digest it, you know, yeah. over the next two days or something. It's just different. Do you ever get um like your friends use uh maybe use it against you? Like um like sometimes I get in my friendships or in my family or in conflict or with my partner they'll be like, you should know better because you're a therapist. And I'm just being like a silly girl, maybe. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever get people like maybe holding higher expectations of you because you do healing or energy work? And then maybe you kind of show up as a brat <laughs> in your relationship and they call you out on it. Oh, that's a really good question. I think I put that pressure on myself. Mm -hmm. so um I feel like okay this is what you do so you have to be the walking example mm -hmm. um <laughs> um but yeah there are I think I only become a brat or just be like my quote-unquote true self in that moment if we're mm -hmm. like very close and they wouldn't or if they call me out on it it would just be a joke yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I have to explain to people, like, I'm also a human being and sometimes I'm not very wise, you know? <laughs> and no, I put that pressure on myself. I'm like, you need, you should be better than this. But then I'm like, okay, you're a human being. You're like, you know, like 31, you know, yeah. like relax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's where sometimes I feel like I just have to like turn it off. I'm like, today I'm just going to be a human being and I'm going to be maybe a silly girl and maybe be like over emotional on something that like my higher self or therapist self would have a different opinion or, or statement on, you know, but I do, I have found like sometimes doing this work, people like hold me to higher expectations in relationships um, or the quality of the relationship at times, you know, or it can get used against you in some ways. So I was just wondering if you if you had any of those experiences. That's a really good question. Because sometimes I'm like, why don't you do energy work on yourself a little bit more? Yeah. Um, I feel bad. Like I have this tool, I can technically do it every day on myself, but I don't. Um, and then I think about Yeah, like you said, there's a lot of prep work it is a whole thing. Yeah. It's a lot of work, right? Yeah. Um, love it, but like, yeah, it takes effort and time. Um, but this conversation is kind of encouraging me to maybe turn off the or take off like the coach hat more mm -hmm. often in my like personal life. Yeah, yeah. I think it's okay to be Sandy the person or, you know, um, and just, yeah, I have to do that too. Like I am not a therapist my entire life. There's qualities that come out. Right. But, um, but yeah, just to be, I just to give yourself permission to be who you are and you can just be a person too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm like, curious. Okay. Go oh, on. I was going to say, I like how you said in our very first Akashic record reading, um, you know, reading for yourself is harder, right? Um, and like, I remember you saying, maybe it was in our second training when we started learning to read for others, you were like, it's going to be so much easier. And I remember you saying that and I was like, oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it just really resonated with me because it's like, it's so fun to do it for other people and sometimes hard to do for myself, you know, or do I trust it as much for myself? Right. 
Um, and I just remember you saying that and it was, it brought me a lot of peace. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm sure you felt that, uh, going through your Reiki training, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. When you have to do Reiki on yourself versus Reiki on somebody else. I think there's an element about it's just fun and luxurious to be on the receiving end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When you have a practitioner that you trust, okay, like with therapy, with coaching, with energy work, I so recommend someone just like be patient with finding their person. Because mm -hmm. how are you supposed to relax and surrender and just like be in it if you don't trust a person? Right, right. Yeah. Um. So trust is a big piece. And yeah, I think, you know, having someone read for me, I'm like, yeah, tell me how brilliant I am. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I know. And I, like you said, I think it does take a little bit of time. I mean, um, finding the right person to work with. Um, it's kind of like online dating, right? You read the profile, they have a pretty website, you resonate with their colors, you like their language and their copy, but it's like, then you have to meet with them. And it takes a little bit to like trust them and to like see what their style is and how their energy fits with yours. So it definitely takes a few sessions to, to understand that piece, right? Yeah. Talking about this, um, this is where intuition becomes kind of like super cool because it makes things so more so much more easeful and efficient like you maybe okay let's say you're like looking for a therapist mm -hmm. and um by like tuning into your intuition it means grounding yourself and like you know not rushing and kind of like quiet your ego voice down a little bit and you can like look at all those people um, on like the directory or whatever mm -hmm. and be like okay I'm actually gonna reach out to this person and that person on the you know there's like the free consult that people do you can mm -hmm. like kind of like tune into their energy how you connect with them and kind of be like okay yeah I maybe she went to this school for training and that's not my favorite school I don't know but mm -hmm. like I like her energy and I think we can maybe give this a shot I think yeah. that's where intuition becomes like really useful in the day to day. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And it, I think too, when people um, get a negative experience just for them to like have the courage to keep trying. Right. So if you have a, if you have an experience where like, you know, you didn't like the therapist, then some, a lot of people write therapy off, right. Or coaching off or like Reiki off because they had one negative experience with somebody. And I think just to encourage people to like, even if that wasn't a right fit for you, there's other fits, there's other people, you know, and, um, and listen to your intuition into like which modality maybe you should go into, you know, but like, just because it's Reiki and that, uh, practitioner wasn't working doesn't mean Reiki doesn't work. Right. Oh my God, my first ever Reiki session. Um, so I came across this chiropractor um, in my local area back then. I, um, and she invited me to like a group event she was doing with a Reiki healer. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't know what Reiki is, never heard of it, but sure. Mm -hmm. um, and I ended up signing up for a session with this Reiki practitioner. Um I didn't like her. I didn't like the session, but it kind of put energy healing on my radar. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. If it wasn't for that session, I would 
probably not be here honestly yeah yeah, yeah. so that is also like intuition network i'm like okay this is 80 dollars. yeah sure i'll give it a try mm-hmm. um so intuition can be it can be very different sometimes it's like yeah i'll give it a try maybe like go google that thing that you've been wondering about or go listen to this podcast episode so it's always working and i think for people who you know struggle to struggle with that word because when i first heard about trusting yourself trusting your intuition i'm like you mean that thing that overthinks all the time and overcomplicates everything no yeah. <laughs> um yeah intuition i was li- literally telling a friend like the other day she was like so torn about what to do about a certain thing and i'm like all right yeah. like let's take a deep few deep breaths in and out and like hand on your heart the other hand on your like belly it's like ground into the space when you bring your higher self forward or when you tune into your heart what was the answer and she's like no I don't know I'm like okay that's your ego talking can you ask it to just be quiet for a minute and thank it for its patience Mm -hmm. Uh, I like what you said about how the mind is not made for making decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, the mind only know what it has experienced and seen, which mm-hmm. is limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and your and it's not about only trusting your intuition. It's about your intuition and your logic working together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to your friend too, even when you don't feel anything or you don't come with a decision, I guess, um, you know, sometimes, and we kind of talked about this in our Akashic record training, what is it to just be what's being versus doing and how am I being, how can I be in this moment or in this situation? And sometimes maybe your intuition, when it isn't telling you to make a decision, maybe it's just telling you to be. Mm you know, doing instead of searching, you know, and we kind of like, like, instead of Googling everything, right? Like, what is it to just be not to (laughs) search, right? And that's so weird concept, because, (laughs) um, you know, we're so like, we have, we have so much information at our fingertips, right? And we are constantly searching. But when you're searching, um, maybe you're getting away from your intuition or maybe, you know, you're just being very distracted. Maybe that's a lot of interference that's happening too. Yeah. Yeah. The interference piece. I love like the breathing in like love and grace and exhaling, clearing the, any interference. <laughs> that yeah. is really helpful. Yeah. And it, it can sound woohoo right? But if you do it, it works, right? And you might have to do it for five minutes or 10, right? But something will change. Something will change in there, right? And that is just being instead of doing, breathing in love and light, exhaling interference. That is a form of being, not doing. Yeah. And I'll just add to that. um, The whole thing about being is like just reminding yourself like, okay, you're safe in this moment in your environment and there's no rush. Like, you don't need to make a decision right now. Yeah. 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 One more thing I'll say about like intuition and like trusting it or like trusting yourself is kind of like the same thing. Um, is like experimentation is so important. I listened to this podcast um, 
and the guest on this podcast is a dude but he's like spiritual um mm-hmm. so he was asked do you believe in astrology and i really like his answer because he was like mm, you know how there's like a lot of power in just not writing something off but, but like giving something a chance mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so he's like oh um obviously like that is important but then give yourself a day where you really give it a go at like maybe astrology is a very real thing mm-hmm. and see what happens yeah it's like possibilities I love that word and I try to use that word with myself when I get like like black or white like hey, what are the other possibilities in this situation even if they're so unrealistic, but that's where play comes in. Right. And that's like that imaginary um, play. And it's so healthy. It's so creative, right? Like what are the possibilities that could be here? doesn't mean it's right or wrong or going to happen or not, but like open to possibilities. Yeah. I think a lot of people be like, oh, trust the process or like trust yourself, but Mm -hmm. trust comes with experience and Mm -hmm. like successful experiences Mm -hmm. so when it comes like trusting yourself or like trusting the process a lot of this is like reflecting back on really cool things that you've done that you've Mm -hmm. done well and be like oh I've done a bunch of successful things there's no reason to think I won't keep doing successful things Right. And trust goes back to safety. Right. And it's not like always physical safety. It's emotional safety. I am safe. Right. And so even just asking yourself that question, like when you're like in trust or feeling mistrust or whatever, um, just to ask yourself that question, am I going to die in the next two minutes? And I know that's kind of like a shocking question, but that's what it's supposed to do. Cause usually the answer is no. If the answer is yes, then do something about that. Like get to a safe place. Right. But no. And the brain needs to hear, I'm not going to die. It's going to be okay. Okay. Then what's the next step, right? What's the next like brick in that found in that trust, right? Like I'm not going to die. Okay. What next? Right. Yeah. I'm curious. Do you ever talk about play? with your clients in coaching and in therapy yes yeah and people look at me with big deer uh you know eyes and go what (laughs) and I assign people play so like I might give someone a homework assignment and I say you have to figure out some play activities and I'll tell them go to Target go to the dollar store go to five and below and even if you don't buy anything you need to walk down the aisles and remind yourself what would you play with you know like if you were a kid what would you be attracted to and maybe it's pipe cleaners or maybe it's like googly eyes or you know that type of thing because I think play opens creativity and creativity opens up joy okay I love that so I think I I love that book the artist way um it's an old old book and um a lot of like uh like Hollywood script writers use it and it's a really good book but there's activities in there and one of the activities is like take yourself out on an artist date. And so you can kind of adapt that to say, take yourself out on a play date. What would it feel like to like go play for, it doesn't even have to be the full day, but like an hour. What would it feel like to go like on the swings or down a slide, which is so good for your central nervous system and surrendering, right? Um, But what does that 
feel like to like go play in sand or go like um, splash water or throw water balloons, right? What does that feel like? And that's all play and it just raises your vibration. Okay, I think this is such a great exercise. Um, And I would just say, I definitely could use more. um, But by like, I think it also takes practice when you are so new to it. It's like, you want me to what? And it's like, that's like an hour of time, I could be doing something productive, like cleaning my home or like work, right? But like, uh, when you do get used to shifting into like a play mindset, is kind of like it helps you not be so serious all the time and we all know when you're so serious and attached to an outcome that itself is resistance right right and i think it's changing the the mind frame around play is productive versus yeah. like not productive right because play opens up creativity and then through that like new business ideas pop up right and when you're playful, like um, just your spirit's happier, right? And then new people come up to you, right? Kids know, I always watch kids. They know who's playful. They know the playful adult. They know the fun adult, right? Right off the bat. And they also know who's the serious one and going to tell them that they need to eat organic and have hand, sanit- <laughs> hand sanitizer <laughs> and who's very rigid. They just know, like on a field trip, they will know which parent <laughs> is the playful one, the fun one, just from like that energy, right? Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. Okay. Megan, how do you personally like to play? Good question. I struggle with play. So um, I try to find things like one thing I do is I just go, what's pretty? Because pretty to me, like, um, then leads into playful. So I'll find like, um, you know, like, uh, just even like with my water bottles, right? Like, oh, I love like, the Stanley. I want to get one. Yeah, it's a pretty pink one, right? Um, and I'm like, oh, that's playful, right? Um, another thing. Oh, you know what? I I just started doing is I do. Um, I work or I play with the fairies, right? Um, my daughters and I we create a fairy garden and we have fairy doors all throughout our house and in their rooms. And, you know, my logical mind's like, okay, what does this do? But like, when I really get into it, like, it's so fun. And I leave little things for the fairies and like, just imagine like, what would they do if they come? And then my daughters and I, we always joke because our ears, like we're, we have pointed ears and we're like, oh, maybe we are from the fairy. (laughs) (laughs) so that's just like a form of play too um and then you can play it out like you know in your gardens or whatever and see what the fairies come (laughs) um but also like just with water like uh and I used to always like don't get my hair wet in the pool (laughs) and um like my kids would always laugh at me because I'd always like don't splash me in the pool but this summer I've been very like uh, mindful to like go underwater, do handstands with them, have mermaid teas underneath water. And they're so surprised that I'm doing this and I'm getting my hair wet, you know? Oh my God. You're like the cool mom. (laughs) Just recently though, because I really tapped into what is playful, but I will tell you, it was a struggle for me. And I, I noticed this a lot when I was playing with my kids and they wanted to do imaginary play with me or like give me food that they prepared in their kitchen that was like playful that, you know, just that imaginary stuff. And it was really hard for me or they wanted to play with their dollhouse. And I was like, I don't know how to do this, you know, but being 
around children and really plays um, can really like help you know what play is. How do you play? Huh, that's a good question. I really what love what you said about um thinking about what is pretty. I was looking. Okay, so you know how the Barbie movie is out, and I'm dying to see it, yeah. but. I was like, oh, I kind of want to get more pink stuff. And I actually already have a lot of pink stuff. Um, so leading with what is pretty, um, what is play? And I think, you know, you know how everyone's dressing up for the Barbie movie and like yes. wearing pink and heels and getting like girl dates or whatever. That's play. That's playing. You know, okay. and just realizing like, hey, that's playing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I know this is part of work, but I like to, so I write like email newsletters. I have an email list, which I'm sure you do too. Um, before I would treat it like writing a school essay and it would take forever. And, um, I wouldn't be really happy with what I sent out, but, um, over the last few months, I've been just more playful with it, kind of write like how I would talk to a friend, kind of just write it with without a filter. And then when I put it together, I'll just like edit it to make sure it makes sense and is is logical. Um, mm-hmm. So that's been kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to infuse more of that attitude in other content creation. Yeah. 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 I think play can also be learning um like akashic records feels playful when yeah. we allow it to be learning yeah. human design was really fun too mm-hmm. yeah so 100 agree i think um especially in the akashic records because it's just so like okay what's happening right um when i get into the feeling of playfulness so much more comes right yeah yeah with doing readings, especially like in the beginning with energy healing, I was like, oh shit, this person pays so much money for this. I hope they feel like it's worth it. And that made it so hard for myself. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Um, what else is play? I think cooking can be playful. Mm-hmm. For me, um, a lot of it comes from music now because I teach bar class. I like to put together a fun playlist so people come in like Monday, 6.30 a.m. and they feel boosted. Yeah, yeah. And that can be playful too. And speaking of that, I keep a picture. I'll show you. It's like me and my dad and I'm a little girl in it and I'm just in the water Uh and I keep it on my desk because it just reminds me like sometimes I feel so disconnected from her, you know? Um, but it reminds me like all I was doing in that water was just like splashing, you know? And it's <laughs> yeah. like, that just reminds me like sometimes if, if you struggle with being playful, like find a picture of like a childhood picture of you playing and like connect to that. What would she do? What would he do in that picture? Right. How would they move? I think just body movement, like you were saying, like just through exercise can be playful, you know, um, you move when you're playful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, all right. This conversation has been so good. Um, Thank you so much. Megan, you are lovely. I'm so glad we connected. Um, How can people find you and connect with you? Yeah, no, thanks. Um, Well, I have a website for my therapy, which is placertherapy.com. Um, or you can find me on Instagram. My last name is Patterson, and um, but it's only spelled with one T. So it's uh, Megan, M-E-G-A-N. 
Patterson, P-A-T-E-R-S-O-N. Mm-hmm. And then M-F-T would be my Instagram handle. And then from there, if you want, um, I have a coaching program and that's lovemyselffirst.org. Uh, so either, either of those, depending on what you like. Okay, I'll share all the links that you just share in the show notes. Um, okay, one last question. Yes. What does it mean to love yourself first? Love myself first. Um, well, that's just getting to know myself and being in relationship with myself. Like, who am I, right? I think um, when you can do that at first, like, so I have to be in relationship with myself first before I can be in relationship with others, um, just changes the whole dynamic of the relationship. So I always listen to the airlines. The airlines say, put your own air mask on first prior to your kids, right? That does not make sense. As a mother, I'm like, why would I do that when I can easily just put on their air mask, you know? So um, I really have a practice of like, how do I put myself first even before my children, right? And not like, you know, obviously health and safety, I got to respond to them first, but it's like when I can be full and well and good and happy and in alignment, like first, then my whole other relationships are able to like thrive too. And so I just really put a focus on me first, not in a selfish way, but in a um, caring and loving way so that I'm able to serve others. Okay, beautiful. Love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. So appreciate you. Thank you, Sandy. It's so fun. And um, thank you for inviting me. So that is all for the episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. And thank you, Megan, for coming on. You were a delight to talk to. Follow Megan on Instagram. Visit her at her website. All of the links are in the show notes. And actually, I have a request. If you enjoyed this podcast maybe one episode, maybe two episodes, maybe more than that, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review, preferably five stars. It will take one minute and I appreciate those so much. Anyways, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Sending you a big hug and we'll talk soon.